Welcome to Rewire Your Attachment Style. This is Maya Diamond, and I'm so excited to be joined here today with Shane and Alia, who are friends, colleagues, amazing people in our community that we share, and I'm really excited to introduce you to them, them to you today. So uh, first of all, just hi, guys. Hello, Maya. Hi. Great to be here. Yay. Thanks for having us. So yeah, so excited to chat with you today. So Shane Metcalf is a keynote speaker on building a world-class workplace and one of the world's leading pioneers in the space of cultural engineering and positive psychology. His insights have been featured in Inc., Fast Company, Business Insider, Washington Post, TechCrunch, and Bloomberg. As the co-founder of 15.5, Shane and his team support HR executives with data-driven continuous performance management. 15.5 has won numerous awards for their company culture, including the prestigious Inc. Best Workplaces Award, and is ranked number three in the U.S. on Glassdoor. Follow Shane on Twitter and LinkedIn and listen to him co-host the Best Self-Management podcast. So he also has an amazing podcast. And Alia is um, an acclaimed electronic music producer, DJ, coach, author, speaker, and teacher, passionate about awakening the feminine voice through all aspects of creative expression and leadership in order to empower the expansion of feminine intelligence on the planet as a respected aspect of culture, business, media, and society. So, so excited. As you can tell, everyone, these are major powerhouse people who are doing awesome things in the world as well as having an awesome relationship. So I would love to just start out with um, how did the two of you meet? Yeah, well, it was a uh, and when, and when so, was that? Yeah, ten years ago, and so we just celebrated mm -hmm. being together for the last ten years. And congratulations! Feels, yeah, yeah, it feels really kind of surreal because simultaneously it feels like a lot of time, and it's also in the scope of a lifelong relationship and partnership. It's a drop in the bucket, even though you right. only get a couple of decades at best. Uh, and, and so uh, we met uh, originally. We actually met on Halloween, but we hated each other that night. And uh, we triggered each other, and it was definitely the sparks flew, but not in a uh, upward direction. The kind of sparks flew and burned some shit down. Um, <laughs> and then uh, April of the following year, we were at a coaching retreat with a uh, mutual coaching mentor of ours. And uh, mm -hmm. I've in the morning in the hot tub, and the rest is history. <laughs> It's more salacious than it actually was. I know. I know. The hot tub part was actually quite innocent. The whole thing was innocent. It still is. Okay, let's hear. I would love to hear the, the female side of the story since there's always two sides that are totally different in perspective. Yeah, well, when 
as Shane referenced, and when we first met and we didn't like each other, you know, we we were we were just in very different worlds and I was still mm-hmm. still married. In fact, you know, when when we came together, I was I was still married, but m- moving in the direction of separation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um and you know I I we we found ourselves at a at a community evening hosted by an organization that that focused on um communication dynamics between men and women. And mm-hmm. And we had a really interesting conversation that night where we shared with Holt with each other about what we, what we actually thought about each other that first time that we met. Right. Ah. This, is the, this is the intermediary between Halloween, uh, Fright Night between us, and the, the magical hot tub. And experience. the hot tub. Okay. Yeah. So this is like this is the like uh, shifting back to neutral. Right. Exactly. And then nice. and then it was like oh I. I you know, I'm actually curious about this person instead of having drawn a, a bunch of judgments about him before. <laughs> but never in a million years would I have said, this is going to be my future wife. Never. There was, never a, there was zero really. chemistry. There was zero attraction. Wow. It was definitely really uh, like, you know, okay, cool. Like, all right, we're, we're back to neutral at least. Yeah. And we're in the same community and okay, cool. He's an yeah. interesting person but never never romantically at all and and then even even in that moment in the hot tub at five in the morning it was still like not romantic it was or or sensual or sexual even it was just like oh I get your heart I could see his heart in that moment and Mm -hmm. and that made me I think probably more open to him in a way that I had not been before and then our coming together was was very you know it was Un, un, unexpected, let's say. And uh, mm-hmm. you might hear a little uh, a baby in the background. That is our yeah. three-month-old. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do a coordinated podcast as new parents. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. we might yeah. hear some uh, baby in this. But, you know, I mean, that's the kind of the punchline is 10 years later, yeah. we're having a baby and, or we had a baby, I guess. And uh, Yeah, very and recently. Overall, yeah. overall worked. You know, we still have all all of the same elements of those initial you know not liking each other communicating clearing withholds and then falling in love and that's kind of the cycle of our of these last 10 years we just play that cycle out again and again and uh, overall i think it's it's netted out pretty dang good yeah yeah absolutely beautiful led to a really beautiful life together and and yeah having this this child together has been a long time prayer and, mm-hmm. and now she's three months and yeah and now we're here we're here in the time of covid where where we're both home and yeah and uh she's showing up on our podcast <laughs> yeah it's her first totally. podcast girl you're gonna be great <laughs> yeah lots more to come and so um i would love to know speaking of yeah that withhold practice this is something that i just love and I think is really fun and not everyone does and I know you guys might have different opinions about it which is like do you have any relationship practices in place that you practice regularly or is it more just for the moment like or do you have like a weekly thing or anything like that like check-in well you know zooming out a little bit I think that you know Mm -hmm. there's actually in my other work in the business world I have this one of the pillars of our management philosophy, we talk about cultivate mm-hmm. relational mastery. And mm, nice. the idea on that is that by the default is that 
we don't actually learn to be good at relationships. And it was actually so much of my study of personal relationships that I've actually brought into the work that I do as chief culture officer, building healthy business relationships and business cultures. But the truth is that, yeah. you know, every, every relationship has its own microculture, has its own values, has its own uh, levels totally. of relational mastery. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think that the, one of the benefits of marrying, of both being coaches and both kind of coming from a personal development mindset is that we've picked yeah. up a lot of tools along the way. And there is a variety of things. And it's not that we don't stumble and fumble the ball all the time and not actually use the tool that could actually really help. But it's yeah. been about shortening the distance that it takes to go from breakdown to breakthrough to uh, yeah. getting hurt, closing our hearts, and, yep. and shortening that time it takes to actually yeah. get to the root of the issue, speak our truth, listen to each other, forgive ourselves, forgive each other, and then yeah. transcend and go to that next level of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, connection. And yeah. so what, what do you find works best? Like how, is there any like moves that you find work best to, to shorten that distance? Like, do you have to, is there anything? Yeah. Like what would be kind of the key to that for you guys? Well, well, admitting that the other person is right is really the, where it all begins. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you know, that would it, help it's, it, really, you think? it's really, it's really, uh, you know, yeah, in, ensuring the other person knows that, the other one is right is really the key to a successful marriage. <laughs> well, you know, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> is, is the truth the truth coming out here? I mean, I like being right. You like being right, but also we all like being right. We yeah. like being right, of course. Actually, one of our uh, our friends, uh, Gabby and Raj, uh, she uh-huh. has a great thing, like. She, you know, she, they have these practices where they kind of celebrate those moments of like when you're feeling so self-righteous and you're like, I know I'm right. And to like actually play that up and like, you know, kind of exaggerate a little bit. And so like she has this like, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. And so totally. to play with like, it, a play. I actually yeah. own it instead of denying that actually what I really want right now is to be right and be like, no, but that's yeah. so wrong to want to be right. If you can actually play with that and speak to it and speak to some maybe the insecurity or the fear or the hurt that's underneath that in that moment, that yeah. can really actually land in a different way because it's revealing like, look, I know that I'm just picking a stupid fight with you right now, but that's just because I'm, I'm hurting or I'm scared or I'm stressed about all these mm. other things. Mm. Yeah. And just to highlight what Shane just said, it's like, he just said, I'm hurting, I'm scared, I'm stressed, right? So those are all vulnerable feeling words. So when we share those vulnerable feeling words, which for men, all I've found can be like really challenging because of our cultural conditioning around men and feelings, which is that what I've seen from the past is that men aren't really supposed to have feelings, right? That it's wrong or bad, that they're, you know, little boys if they have feelings. Instead, you know, the new paradigm that I really hope, you know, is going to get stronger and stronger is that, you know, that having men having feelings is just 
perfect and the way it's supposed to be and that they're really embraced in relationships. So I love that Shane just said, like, I'm hurt, I'm stressed, I'm scared, right? And then that in turn can open your heart, right? Yeah, absolutely. When when he shares those things, it really does open my heart. When when we can get past the initial upset enough to to really get to what's underneath. And when I can share vulnerably enough from a place of just my truth, my you know, with with emotion to it, but not yeah. necessarily blame or judgment, which I think is where right. it would go awry. Right. If I if yeah. I'm lacing it with any kind of blame, pointing fingers, judgment, you know, you're wrong, shame. shame. I don't know. That generally goes really well. <laughs> yeah. I respond super well to your judgment. I really love yours. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. so prove you're right, and then judge the other person. That's and that's attack really the other person. Easy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So really. Right. No, right. We want to get to the place where, where we can unpack what's, what's causing us to have those, those responses to our partner. Maybe it's something going on with us. Maybe it genuinely is something that the other person did that, that we would like them right. to take accountability for. Yeah. Um, or, you know, take responsibility for in some way. But then also we always yep. have the opportunity to take responsibility for our own reaction to something and to react in a way that's not going to escalate. And yeah. That takes serious practice. That takes that's a that's a real meditation in many ways to yeah. to get to a place yeah. where you can be respond to something in a manner that is balanced and you know clear, right? Rather than yeah. triggered. Yeah, and I think that it's Huge. one of the really the beautiful opportunities of a healing relationship is that we're able to go into our deepest wounds. We're able to, over time, through sustained nurturing, yeah. be, become less hurt people. And right. it's, it's really beautiful because we have these pockets. We have these waves of harmony that happen in our relating mm -hmm. over the last yeah. 10 years. And they happen, yeah. they come with greater frequency and for longer durations where it's just good. Like that there is yeah. just, there is nothing wrong. We are not actually having to deal with the constant processing or, okay, now let's, let's do the weekly withhold because that's what we should do. And it actually moves yeah. into this cocoon of love. And it's, those are, I think, some of the sweetest things. And not that the point is to hang out there all the time, but over right. the last decade, we have been able to do so much meaningful transformational work together mm -hmm. yeah. really creating our relationship one of one of the contexts of our relationship is that it's a it's a vehicle for our own transformation and for us to become our best selves and yeah. it's cool to see the fruits of that effort over time because yeah. not that we're you know i mean it's an in, endless mountain to climb but yeah. for the most part we we get along really well and the upsets take less time. We have less tolerance for not liking each other right? because it's just like, look, we're in this, like, like we, we close the back doors. We're not trying to get out of yeah. it. We're not looking for the excuses yeah. why this isn't going to work. 
And so yep. it's, it's like, well, why waste time not actually enjoying it? Yeah. Why hang out in right. that place when, when, when we can find a way to meet the other person or we can find a way to just drop it, let it go, take response, more responsibility for ourselves. Yeah. You know, w- there's all a number of things that we could do in order to bring it back to a place of connection and harmony. And so yeah. we're looking for the, for what we could do in order to help facilitate that reconnection. Right. And it is yeah. it's really interesting Beautiful. because it's, it's, it's not that we don't stumble and fall into those dark pits and God, those dark pits are so uncomfortable, you know, like relationships yeah. when you are fighting, it's just, it sucks. It's just, it's yeah. one of the more like disgusting kind of, you know, it's insecurity saying, yeah, it's just like the, the gallery trend. And yeah. Yeah. There, there is, there's no doubt that that is a uncomfortable place, but it's also those, that's the very uh, indicator stimulant for growth and for more evolution in the relationship. Yeah. Right. That's right. How, that's how we come to relate to them and treat them. Right. And then that's what causes that, that progress forward. That, that's what causes that evolution for us. And it's what has made us more skillful at moving through things faster. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We had yeah. a, we had a breakdown the other night where it was like, I was having a pretty, you know, like things are intense right now um, to, yeah. to say the least. And like, two days ago it was like, was an intense day, but I was like, oh, I'm holding this. And I, I, I didn't collapse during the day and it was at nighttime and I take the baby and the baby's like kind of falling asleep in her arms. And I take her and she wakes up and which she, she does. And I bounce her around and she loves going to sleep to dance music. So I put on some dance music. It's <laughs> maybe key of like, you know, being gestated by a DJ, you know, part of how she goes to sleep. <laughs> Is a good BPM, mm-hmm. and I, and then an hour later, I'm like, okay, I think she's ready to nurse because she hasn't fallen asleep. And then I get this like a lashing, <laughs> of, and I find out that she for the last hour she's been like r- running a racket on me of like, you put on dance music and you woke her up and she was falling asleep and you suck. And then that just kind of broke me. It was like all the other stress of the day week, and of the lifetime came flooding in. And it was just like, and it's just like, I hate you so much. You're like, wow. And, uh, and I was able to, in a matter of like two hours, even get over, go through that cycle. Yeah. Like I'm going to go to bed and roll over on my side and not, you know, connect. And was able to like, yeah. oh, and I made this commitment to tell her, to tell you that I love you and that you're beautiful every day. And so I'm like going Aww. through and I'm like, crap, I didn't do it today. And now I'm like, oh, this sucks. I don't want to do this. And then I was like, nope, I'm going to still do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mm. follow my disciplined practice of this. And so I wrote That's a little cute. love note, you know, and it was like easier to write the note than. Yeah, say, yeah. But even writing it, it's like, okay, and it starts to let go. Yep. Yeah. And then receiving yeah. the note, it was, it was the, um, the Ahono Onopono um, poem, right? It worked right. out a bit yeah. process. And, yeah. and receiving it, of course, and softened my heart. And you know, yeah. I was able to 
respond back in kind. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there are these, you know, d- little moments of tension that just, that just crop up, you know, and, and, in, in this particular one, I was, I was not very resourced myself because I had right. had particularly hard night and long day with the babe. And, and I have more of those lately um, than, you know, because I'm, I'm handling her all day long and yeah. all night long while, you know, Shane's back to work and, and yeah. there's just more, more stress and tension on me in that, in that way. And there's more stress and tension on him being back to work and, and carrying his company through this time. And we just have to acknowledge yeah. that there's just an increase in stressors and that right. that, when that happens, you know, we have to recognize, oh, I'm not resourced. I'm, I'm just not at my best. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And then yep. find a way to, to, to come back to, to center. It, it, it's exactly. worth noting the, the Ono Onopono prayer in, in process yeah. has actually been a real mainstay of our relationship. And we've, oh, used, it, we've nice. used it over the last 10 years. And I think really from the beginning, it became one of the pillars of a, a kind of a life cord that we could grab onto when we yeah. were like starting, we wanted to reconnect, but wasn't quite sure how. And it's just like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. I forgive you. And even if it, like, you. Yeah. you don't totally mean it, it's like, it starts to like actually feel and then it starts kind of like a virus. It gets in and starts actually yeah. reconverting your system to love. And totally. It's, yeah. it's, it's totally really a useful process. Yeah. Well, cause I it's, it's such a simple way to return to love. And that's, that's one well, of our values as well. Yeah. And one of his yeah. family values actually. Mm, and beautiful. it's, it's something that we, we, we aim for is just how do, how can we return to love? Mm, love that. That's so huge to have both of you have that value and be in agreement around that and continually to practice that. And so Shane, yeah, I would love to go into your family um, because we work with attachment styles and family or origin connects with attachment styles. I would love to just hear for both of you. Um, yeah, I want to hear about that value in your family, Shane, yeah, and then also what was modeled to you in terms of romantic relationship, because it's important for the people who are listening who didn't get modeled a healthy, loving relationship in their family growing up to hear just all the different types of relationships you saw growing up and just how you can create something. Oh, different. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a miracle that we're together. <laughs> it's it's true, yeah. truly uh, like some act of grace. Um, You're oh. as healthy as we are. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. We um, uh, a little uh, several years ago, we went to a therapist who focused on attachment style, and nice. we were having a big breakdown. It was just a difficult time, and we walked out of that meeting because, and I think we both were like, "Well, okay." They say that if you aren't in, if you're not in a relationship past your like mid thirties or whatever, you probably don't have secure attachment. Right. And so I was like, so cool. We've been together. We're, we're committed, long-term partnership. Obviously, we're secure. Yeah. And I, walking out of that first meeting with this brilliant therapist, we were both like, wow, we're both really fucked up. <laughs> because it was such a revelation of 
the the ways that that lack of secure loving attachment being modeled for us has shown up in in our own kind of default go-to dynamics in relationship and so yeah you know it's and it's so great. I mean, I, I love when I have a revelation of my own limitation and shadow and my own, you know, dullness and sleeping nature because yeah. it, it provides an yeah. opportunity. It's a, oh, cool. There's light to be liberated here. Yeah. And totally. Yeah. Like, I Can had you a, say a summary, maybe? Yeah. Of what you were modeled for romantic well, love. Yeah. Just a deeply dysfunctional family, just a very unhappy marriage of my parents. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, number of things that were just really quite uh, tumultuous and, you know, traumatic childhood and abusive, emotionally abusive siblings Mm -hmm. and very deep poverty and a lot of health challenges and violence Mm -hmm. in the community and, you know, amidst all of that. A lot of different trauma in different ways. Amidst all of that, there was a really remarkable aspect to my family. Yeah. And it's beautiful watching that the the good of my family over time has grown and become better. And we've collectively, I think, moved towards more secure loving attachment as a family. And in many ways, I had to do so much of my own work. I had to grow myself up. I had to go and find my own resources, my own mentors, the people that I respected, that I could look up to and study relationship and really make a study out of how do I actually get what I want out of life. Mm -hmm. Um, Alia, however, luckily had very secure, loving attachment (laughs) styles in her parents. (laughs) Ha ha, we laugh. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, um, my, my, my parents were, were definitely modeling a very traditional patriarchal form of marriage and partnership mm-hmm. in which my father was definitely the dominant voice and, mm-hmm. and he was a, a narcissist textbook mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also very angry, prone to outbursts, um, mm-hmm. you know, just definitely very right. emotionally violent emotionally violent. Mm-hmm. And, and we often felt very scared, you know, and, and I, I developed a pattern of adjusting my behavior mm-hmm. by calibrating to what mood he was in that day. And, and right. then that became something that I then did later in, in, in life, of course, and other parts mm-hmm. of it. And, mm. and I, I really had to unpack what healthy male relating really looks like. And, mm. and I've had yeah, the, the healthy fortune. masculine, the healthy yeah. masculine. Yeah. And yeah. I've had the good fortune actually really of, of, of finding myself in long-term partnerships with Shane and then my, my, my former husband, both of whom are really uh, wonderful conscious men in general. They're, they're, they've been seeking, they've been growing themselves and they've been studying healthy masculinity for a long time. And, and that what's been helpful in order to help me progress out, out of my old patterns. But I definitely mm-hmm. had a bunch of them that I, I had to un- unwind. 
Well, in relationship so have- to Hall of Mirrors as well, because there's yeah. ways that my own still, you know, patriarchal dominating tendencies and kind of maybe more of a homeopathic dose of that than mm-hmm. full blown entree. But then yeah. that feeds into that same wound. And yep. all of a sudden she's projecting all of her daddy issues on me. And right. then I'm yeah. becoming that projection as well and feeding into it. And so it, it's this really wild ride relationship. It's such a trip because it is, it's such a perfect reflection of our own internal makeup, our own holographic nature. Right. Our inner, inner anima, inner animus. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. And so, and I'm curious, um, Alia, if before those relationships, have you had the pattern of being with like narcissists or abusive men or anything like that? You know, I, that didn't show up for me. I, I gravitated luckily towards, Mm -hmm. towards men that, that were generally not showing those kinds of behaviors. So that's, yeah. I think, kind yeah. of remarkable because I know that that can happen. It's a blow exactly. against the theory yeah. that we only repeat <laughs> the behaviors modeled to us. Yeah, I never wound up in a relationship yeah. with a man who, who resembled my father. Although you've accused yeah, me of I mean, <laughs> right. There might be some traits. Shane, Shane some has some traits. traits. But, you know, he's, he's yeah. very strong-willed, very you know, dominant in the yeah. way that he expresses in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily he has the, the, a well-developed feminine part of him that, that is yeah. also willing to listen and, and, and feel me. And, and see you. Mm-hmm. Hear you, feel you, see you, empathize with you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, you know, I yeah. think it is an interesting idea that there is a, a nature versus nurture uh, aspect to relationship that just because our ecology of the familial imprinting is what it was, doesn't actually mean w- that's actually going to be our path. And mm-hmm. I think that it definitely influences a lot of the aesthetics of it and the flavors of it. But thank goodness, because otherwise, you know, we'd all be screwed. Um, unless right. we were raised in one of the lucky families that actually had secure attachment styles <laughs> modeled. Exactly. It's always exactly. like, sometimes I meet those people and I'm like, what an asshole, you know, like, geez, just, just so, so good, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, really. it's, yeah. Actually, it's actually more like, <laughs> wow, it's amazing that, that that exists. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I always tell my securely attached clients, I'm like, you've struck gold. <laughs> Really You're so lucky. You should tell everyone that you date that you're securely attached, by the way. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious. Um, yeah, going back to attachment. So just for the listeners and for you guys, just to give the overview one more time. On the four styles, there's anxious, secure, avoidant, and disorganized. I'm curious when you guys came into the relationship usually we're a combination of two. Like, can you feel into the two that you would identify with the most of the, the four when you came into the relationship? Sorry, what were the names? Anxious, avoidant, and then what were the other two? Disorganized, secure. And secure. Yeah, and probably anxious. anxious and disorganized. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's 
And so Shane, for you, which two were the ones? Yeah, I think that I was a more anxious avoidant combo. And, you know, I mean, I, I haven't gone deep enough into it to really know if that's really what it is, but that is, I think, probably more accurate of where I was coming in in the relationship. And yeah, and I'll just say to the listeners, so what's really cool about their coming together is they've become more and more secure, as you can tell from what they're saying, you know, through the relationship. So by being, having the other, by being there for each other and having the consistent, reliable love, um, they've grown more and more secure in themselves and in their relationship. Um, and, and so, and that's taken a level of commitment and showing up and presence and attunement and all of these things, um, you know, that are secure traits. So I think they had a lot of those secure traits as well as these more insecure ones coming in. Yeah. I'd like to just add to, I, I feel that one of the biggest things that has created that secure attachment Mm-hmm. is as Shane said earlier, we, we close the back door. We, it's, it's about commitment. It really is about commitment and devotion and, yeah. and also granting each other space and freedom to be ourselves at the same time. Right. And allow, and, and having a commitment to our personal evolution while staying thoroughly committed. And, and I know commitment is something that a lot of people have a really hard time with. And when there's uncertainty and you, you don't know how it's going to work out and... We, oh, we had some bad sex or we haven't had sex in a while or, and oh my God, yeah. is this how it's all going to go? And now I'm future pacing the slow decline in my life and yeah. making the wrong choice and I could get out right now. Oh shit, I should just get out right now. Right. And yeah, all those, the real thing right, that all those, she's experienced. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. All those Honey, doubt thoughts, right, when you... <laughs> <laughs> when you right there's the doubt thoughts and then like how do you act upon those yeah right right and and it's really just well what, what are you actually committed to and and I think that it's uh there's a, a phrase I think that it's one of Shane's shadows in the jinkies if anyone follows jinkies right it's no no I don't oh, have no? that nope. oh I thought you did no way man that's oh. me half-hearted no <laughs> No, but it, 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 it's so what number the, is that uh, so we can all it's learn? 20, it's 29. It's a really beautiful, it's a beautiful one of the hexagrams. And so it moves from the shadow of half-hearted into the gift of commitment and the highest expression okay. is devotion. And okay. it is it's such an amazing one to contemplate for relationship because it's, it's like, you know, 99% is still half-hearted. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, I think so. So many relationship troubles happen when when the participants are half-hearted, and even it's if they so don't true. think they're half-hearted, but there's some part of them that is yeah. somewhere deep down, right? Because we become afraid of truly giving ourselves over. Because what if it's the wrong person, or what if they hurt me, or what if it just doesn't work out? And then I'm I'm you know I'm going to have to deal with that, right? Yeah, um, what and commitment is a form of surrender. Sorry, go ahead. What? Oh, I was just gonna say. Well, what if what if someone there's someone better for me? Wait, do you think there might be someone better for me? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay, I'm questioning everything. 
you need to get that back door and you know you're all just good here you take the baby and i'm out of here as we, as we can see humor is a big part of this marriage um so well, you know and, and I yeah think, like just to like say on that is that like you know we're we love the role models of people that take relationship really seriously and you know taught you know are like really developed and have relationship as kind of part of their personal brand and we've learned a ton from those people and i also mm -hmm. love just being a normal goofball couple and of not trying to be on the cutting edge of relationship and not trying to be like <laughs> the sexiest coolest hottest most evolutionary relationship <laughs> on the planet conscious yeah. Yeah, we're the yeah. we're the conscious evolutionary relationship and look at us, we're so cool. Cuz yeah. I don't know, that's it's like yeah. it gets old and it, it it becomes more about the marketing of that than about the the joy yeah. of family and the joy and the silliness of Playful, finding somebody man. that you can be that you can let all of the parts of yourself actually come out and play with. Yeah, and that's what yeah. fundamentally I think also one of the things that from the mm. beginning has been just remarkable about this woman mm. is that she and I wrote this in a Facebook post actually what what, what you prompted that my little boy is totally safe to come play with Alia mm. you know, mm. and, and then I wrote like it's like my little boy like a sanctuary for my little boy and a wild ocean for my capable man and. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, and, I, and that really, I think, is a really cool expression because I get to be the biggest dork. I get to to sing off key in front of you anytime I want and never feel self-conscious. I get to Aww. do all the things. And Aww. it really allows for so much joy and play and creativity and magic. And yeah, those are the hallmarks of this last decade. Mm -hmm. And mm. it's a real, so beautiful. it's a real treasure to have that kind of psychological safety in a relationship because it can really yeah. grow over time. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Shane's really provided that for me too. And on so many levels and, mm. and, and I think that when you have that psychological safety, then you can get get down to the business of just enjoying your life and enjoying your right. time <laughs> and and enjoy those simple pleasures and 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 be playful and and you know being able to just poke poke a little bit at the places where we can take things ultra seriously too seriously, yeah. you know, to the point of maybe to our detriment, right? And yeah. And being able to just laugh, being able to laugh at the places where, where, where sometimes we're so silly, we're such silly humans. And it's not our mm -hmm. fault. There's so many reasons why we developed those, those tendencies. And yet right. we have right. a choice in every moment to, to just decide to, to have fun with it instead of exactly. making it really painful. Exactly. Beautiful. I want to highlight a couple of things and then I want to move on to the next question, which is like one, the piece, the point that Alia made around the commitment. And so that's so true. Even just if you're, if you're thinking about, you know, doing for the people who are listening, if you're in a couple and you're thinking about doing couples work, if both people aren't fully committed, it's going to be so much harder for the work to actually work. 
so um, so it just there's so many um, negative consequences to the lack of being fully in and fully devoted and so that it's like it's almost like it's like leaks in a pot right um, the other yeah, thing there's I never to, been a place that one of us wanted to go that the other wasn't willing to follow mm. yeah that's huge huge and then the other point I wanted to make around commitment is I think commitment is a form of surrender. So it's like there's a way that by fully committing, you've surrendered, which surrender actually means fall into grace. So there's a way that you've allowed yourself to open to this love, which allows it to blossom in the way that it has in such a beautiful way. And something I wanted to highlight through watching you, because I've known you both, I knew Shane before, I think I knew you both before you guys got together, but definitely Shane, but that the way that I've seen you guys just grow so much as humans, right, in your individual lives and together. So it's like that to me is, is one of the signposts that I've seen of really healthy, loving relationships is that your life blossom as a result like your careers your community your you know all the amazing festivals that you've played at like there's just so much that has happened in this state context right and so it's to me it's partly because of the bond that you have that's created that secure base for you to fly and grow and i loved what you said around the um the freedom it's like you have freedom to be yourselves and you have the commitment. So mm -hmm. those two things together, I think is what everyone wants. Mm -hmm. And so it's really powerful that you're able to allow your, each other to be your full selves and have that devotion and commitment. And, um, and then one other piece around the, just the accept that I think love and acceptance are actually like a little bit different energies and that, what you said about how much she she really provides this safe sanctuary is like this acceptance of your little boy and your wild self and all these things and so that just like allows you to feel so safe and mm -hmm. so for all the women listening I think that's huge which is like acceptance I I believe the more we accept ourselves the more we can accept someone else but also our relationship with the masculine the more we have that healed the more we can you know, be loving towards all the different sides of the masculine. So, um, yeah, it's just a beautiful element that you shared around that, Shane. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that reflection, Maya. And yeah. indeed, that's, that's been, a, I think, a hallmark that, that we look to in terms of judging the success of our relationship is how much we both have individually grown. And that yeah. they, we often say that, that the relationship feels like it has, it, it's what is responsible or you know, mostly responsible, partly responsible even for, right. for, for that growth that, that we have become those people through, through the transformational aspect of this relationship. Yeah. And that's so what's cool. supported us and served us to become our best selves. Yeah. And it, it makes all those other things, it makes all the other expansion so much more enjoyable because you know like like we have a nice house up in the hills and like the times yeah. that we are fighting and my heart's closed i like i'm looking around at a beautiful house and it's like oh this is so meaningless and yet the times when we're happy then other things actually make me happy too which is part of you know part of kind of what i believe that like 
things can actually make us happy if we're already happy. And not that like right. we want to be in a codependent dynamic where I rely on Alia for my happiness, but man, right. life can be so incredibly good when we're in that harmonious flow. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the beliefs of that I we hold about relationship is that that harmonious relationship and harmonious marriage is one of the greatest mm. joys on the planet. And, yeah. and it's great because we don't even have to believe it. It's just, it's just the truth. And <laughs> I love yeah. hanging out with my wife. It's uh, so much yeah. fun. It just hasn't yeah. gotten old. It's just like, wow, I can't believe yeah. it. Like we're not bored of each other yet and that we still yeah laugh at each other's horrible jokes and now we've got a third person to hopefully laugh at our bad jokes and that we get to just keep having fun we get to keep doing this silly thing called life and you know until until one of us kicks the bucket we get to do it together and it's it's a lot of fun it's so beautiful and so I'm curious for each of you, what would you say for the single women who are listening, um, what's the number one trait you would recommend um, to look for in their next partner? I would recommend they look for a man who's, who's unafraid to, to go to the depths with her, who's really willing to take a look at at his own shadows and take a look at, at his own attachment style and, and, and and all of the things that have contributed to who he's become in relationship, who's willing to do the work and who's also willing to reflect the, the places in her that, uh, that could use more light or that, you know, that could use more unearthing, right. And who's willing to do that with love and compassion rather than judgment. And then, um, but she's also willing to, to reflect to her, her best, you know, reflect to her how, how beautiful of a being she is. Right. And is willing to, to who really genuinely sees her that way. Who, who yeah. it's not just something that he says to get totally. her pants. Right. It's more like, totally. It's like really genuinely from the heart, like, I see you, I see you, I love you, right? Yeah. Mm. I love that. <clears throat> Everything you just said is so, so powerful. Beautiful. Same question for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so of mm-hmm. what a, a woman would, should look for, like one trait? And the number one trait, yeah, number that one you trait. would recommend. Yeah. Well, I think that there, there needs to be a, a growth mindset. If you're familiar with Carol Dweck's research on growth mindset versus growth mindset. And, oh, no. Uh, uh, a I'm phenomenal curious. book uh, called uh, uh, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. And cool. why I say that, it's usually applied in more of the academic and the business parenting worlds. But having, you know, and essentially what a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset is a fixed mindset thinks that like whatever my level of development whatever my iq or eq is is where it's at it's it's fixed like i can't i can't learn to play guitar so why would i even bother to go and take a lesson and a growth mindset is just a different belief that my skills abilities and intelligence are variable traits 
that are influenced by the effort put into the process. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I, all people can be as good at anything that they want to be. You know, like I'm never going to be an uh, opera singer or a basketball NBA star. But, right. but what it allows and why I think it's so vital is that it orients you towards growth. It orients you in a relationship to understanding, okay, I might, be, I might have a, an emotional intelligence of a, a you know, troglobite, but I can grow. I can actually engage in these practices. I can look at having a, like, the revelation that I have an anxious and avoidant attachment style and that it was never safe for me to go seek sanctuary with my parents. And so that's why mm-hmm. I'm not revealing my feelings to you. Oh, right. wow. And then I get modeled. The relationship can be a sanctuary for my most wounded parts. And you can start yeah. to orient towards how do I get, how do I get there? And you, you, you yeah. orient towards grief. Because inside of that, I think it, everything is possible. And it, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that that's, that's the key to the long-term survival of the relationship, thriving of the relationship. But what I do think it can mean is that you don't pull the, the parachute cord prematurely. You don't, you don't eject out of a relationship right. before the karma of the relationship has played itself fully out. Because yeah. I don't think that all relationships are destined to be the lifelong relationship, nor that that's the only purpose of relationship is like, if it's not a lifelong relationship, then it's not worthwhile. Right. You know, I look at every relationship that I had prior to Alia as incredibly precious gifts that helped me to become the person that I am that unbeknownst to me had me be ready for this kind of a commitment. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, that's huge. The growth mindset in that book sounds really, really great. Um, yeah, it takes a level of humility and um, courage to look at yourself and to look at your shadow and to um, feel the feel the pain of your childhood and uh, and grieve it and heal. So I love that. Um, it's it's a really, I think that there is something to be said around shared value systems. Not that you want just completely the same values because that can get boring and, you know, uh, diversity there. But one of the things that has been enormously useful for us is a shared ambition. You know, part of the context of our relationship has always been the realization of our dreams that we want to support each other in the pursuit of our highest visions around our careers and finance and contribution mm-hmm. to the world. And, and then the shared value around growth, the shared values around uh, spiritual practice, around the, you know, the, around dance and music. And mm-hmm. those things have been incredible pillars that allow for us yeah. to feel like we are on a team that is doing something and moving in a similar direction. Totally. And that I wanted to ask you, 
I know there's some shared values that are you have that you have a conscious kind of grasp on. I'm wondering, did you guys have like a sit down at one point in the relationship and have a talk about that and a and like a structure that clarified those, or did those naturally evolve, or would that did that happen before the wedding? I'm curious. Yeah, we we do this shit all the time. <laughs> it's like we were you know, being kind of like transformational junkies Geek. were yeah. constantly, Learned. you know, and, and we can go in waves with it, but we've done a lot of writing exercises. We've done a lot of relationship yeah. exercises. We've done yeah. a lot of kind of coaching programs together where we're going through things, you know, we're, yeah. we're going through a program right now that we love. That's really identifying different parts of our life and what we want of those. And then comparing notes and, we go for desire nice. walks where we talk about the things we want. Um, you know, so yeah. there's, there's so a lot of different. It's a conversation. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. consciously created. Yeah. Definitely consciously created. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, that's it. and that yeah. is it. I mean, you know, I know that there's, there's some people who maybe don't, aren't, who have great relationships that aren't consciously created. But for us, yep. it, it wouldn't have happened without deliberate determination, consciously praying and intending our lives into the way that they are. And it's an ongoing process because just because we did it yesterday doesn't mean we get to coast for the next month. Right. Exactly. And um, I'm curious if you guys have any, um, in terms of physical intimacy, I think physical intimacy is something that, you know, can go up and down in our relationship and, is so important for long-term relationship and happiness. And so I'm curious if there's anything practice-wise that you guys have in place, like certain date nights or, you know, again, certain conversational practices um, that have really helped keep the passion alive, or if it's just a natural occurrence from all the other pillars that we've talked about. Well, I'll chime in here. You know, I, I came to yeah. this relationship with, with some still unresolved sexual trauma. And, and that has definitely been a challenge in our relationship. I would say our sex life has been, has been the hardest aspect of this relationship because Shane has, has a really not very traumatized sexual nature and, yeah. and has just a very different relationship to it than I have. And different different needs and you know different different ways that he likes to express himself in that realm and and mm -hmm. we've had to really navigate that over over time and and yeah. it's you know there's well there's the babe <laughs> yeah. there's our She's daughter Ava. we obviously yeah. had enough sex to make a baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and you know so through the years we've we've tried different practices there was mm -hmm. um you know, from different organizations and we won't go into those necessarily, but yeah, but, but that we've, you know, read books and together or, you know, looked at different things from different, different thought leaders in this realm. Yeah. And, and then also though, I think very simplistically for me, it's also taken for, for me to be able to let go and, and, and cause some healing in this, in this area for myself and to be able to yeah. surrender more to him in this way. Um, it really did require a sense of trust and, and mm. 
what what he showed over time was was a consistent willingness to to keep showing up even when he would get frustrated yeah. even when it was hard and and yeah. he, he his his curiosity about you know how to how to help me open you know was was open. huge yeah and and mm. then you know when I was pregnant, you know, things, it's like things, things shifted, you know, we've gone through different yeah. phases, right? Of, hormonally. You know, right. Hormonally. Yeah. Um, there are definitely yeah. been times when I'm, I'm more available and open to it and not. And, uh, we actually had a fun time at the end of my pregnancy where I was like really open to it. And <laughs> that was cool right before I gave birth. You're telling me. I know. <laughs> I'm um, sure it helped, it helped been, the birth happen. Yeah. Right. And then I've That's been, I've been healing since, since giving yeah. birth and um, yep. only kind of just yep. coming around to the, the idea of, of re-engaging again. Right. So yeah. I think through yeah. long-term relationship, we're just going to have to understand that we're going to go through these phases and, yeah. and, you know, that's been a big one for Shane to, to come to terms with because certainly, as he yeah. said a little earlier, he would go through phases of, of freaking out a little like, oh God, is it, you know, am I just going to have a sexless marriage forever? Mm-hmm. And Oh, I never, I, I never <laughs> freaked out about that. Yeah, it, yeah I mean, it, it is. And I, I do believe that, that so many relationships fall and fail because of sex, because yep. you don't sex and money actually, are the two biggest figure out yeah right yeah you don't figure out how can we actually make this work and me coming in in a more uh, you know i mean kind of classically higher libido lower libido dynamic and then how do we how do we actually navigate this and you know i think that every couple oh yes ava uh, Says, well, I want mom and dad to have a very sexy, healthy yeah. sex life. Yeah. We want you to have a healthy sex life too, baby. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, when I, there, there's been periods where it was, it, it, it did get scary. And it was that kind of that uh, pessimism and, oh shit, can this actually happen? Can, can mm-hmm. we get through these barriers? And it really does require that surrender and that trust and patience. But yeah. also, I think one of the things that really worked was me drawing a line in the sand and saying, mm-hmm. I will not tolerate us just going into perpetual decline. Like, right. I, I refuse. This is, that is not yeah. the marriage that I want. That is not the relationship that is in that is my heart's prayer and at times that was more confrontational than others because then for ollie it's kind of looking at the gap of oh no i don't know if i can be that Mm -hmm. and so i'm terrified you're going to leave me because i'm not able to give you what you want yeah and so talking about these things and like ripping the cover off is terrifying because it's like shit what if this reveals that like we are not actually compatible right and yet it's that very communication that is the healing balm that can create new possibilities yeah yeah and 
you know, and it's interesting. It's like, I mean, I think maybe this is also just getting older too, but like when we go through a valley, I don't have a, quite the existential crisis that I used to. You know, that there is a, there's some level of transcending my own sexual compulsion, my own kind of insistence on sexual fulfillment. Not that I'm not completely insistent on sexual fulfillment, but it's easier to accept some of the breaks, you know, being new parents and like, you're like, okay, look, like being like, it's okay right now for a moment, but I remain long, like I remain optimistic and that's every day, right? Because it's the, the moving from optimism to pessimism about our future, future sexual prospects that I think really fucks people up. Right. Totally. And and so. And that's also secure. It's also, I believe, yeah, it's part of the trusting piece, like trusting that like, yeah, this is a wave and, and that's actually really secure to trust that up and down wave. And so, yeah. And it, it sounds like, yeah, through being together, it's like, yeah, you know, it's going to come back and then there will be different arcs and valleys. And, yeah. and, and it helps and, to have, you know, I mean, it's really nice to have some of the, the peaks in addition to the valleys, right? You know, because yeah. if, it's no, if it's only valleys and no peaks, it's like, all right, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But just, we had a lot, we've had a lot of peaks, right? So we had, we had yeah. a lot of, we've had a lot of really beautiful sexual connections. And that's how we knew, like, okay, this is possible. Like, we, yeah. we've got this. And like, exactly. we had something to, to, to really demonstrate and reach for. Yep. And keep coming back to it and keep growing and expanding in. Exactly. Yeah. But it takes, you know, each person needs to be willing to ride those waves and, and be willing to, to look deeper, to do the work, to, to continue to grow. Right. Like if you yeah. hadn't been willing to do your own work, to show up for yourself, to take care of your body, to engage mm-hmm. in your practices, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't it have worked. worked. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so huge. So, so huge. That piece of, um, yeah, owning the places where we can grow, owning, you know, where we have room to stretch. And I think, yeah, in sexuality, it can be really uncomfortable to grow and stretch because we have these default ways of moving in our bodies. And so to actually grow in different ways in sexuality, it is a big, it's a, it's an uncomfortable, um, it can bring up shame, it can bring up fear, all that stuff. And so just, yeah, like learning each other's, it's really, there's a whole, yeah, language to our arousal, our bodies. And so, yeah, there's so much to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, because the prayer is to have the best sex of our lives for the rest of our lives with each other. Yeah. And we've had yeah. periods of being open and, and having other lovers and, you know, and like ultimately we've, we've chosen of, of more of a monogamous path because yeah. that's actually where we've found the most juice. Like it's really easy to go have another lover and have all that juice and be like, oh my God, like this is so hot. And yet the greater challenge is, can you really actually keep discovering new experiences and novelty and the, Advent, the yeah. love? Spiritual, transcendent, yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah. 
true like depth of lovemaking that can open up in year 10. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Yeah. Not easy. Not easy. I don't think it's, it's a, it's not an easy path. It it requires consistent input of energy into the system to avoid that uh, entropic decline of our libido. That falling asleep, right? That falling asleep that happens in relationship. It's like, oh, you're just this person that is always here and I'm just going to take you for granted or take these qualities that you have for granted or yeah, take our connection for granted. So, well, right. yeah. The quality of attention, like, you know, I know that like why affairs are so intoxicating is because somebody is suddenly paying attention to us in an incredibly better way than our partner is who just thinks that we're a pain in their ass and always yells at us. And, you know, and all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, you do that? Wow, that's so cool. And tell me more. And what do you want out of life? And who are you? And there's this suddenly like, wow, I feel so lit up by that. And so, you know, creating, creating those opportunities for those types of communication is I think part of how you keep producing like high dopamine producing activities. So that it is interesting because since long-term relationship moved from dopamine to, I think, uh, serotonin or uh, or is it oxytocin oxytocin yeah probably both of those mm-hmm. and, I think. and so yeah. like but you right, know the dopamine is career the as a dj yeah. has been amazing because it's like kept us dancing and going out and like or before back, back in the day when humans could go dance together um yeah, exactly back um, in the good old days but you know we still like have crazy dance parties in our kitchen and in the bathroom that's so awesome and it's so So. great it's just like there's nothing better than like getting down on the kitchen floor with my wife (laughs) totally so great (laughs) huge those things are huge like those little moments to break up the day and bring that connection and love and physical touch yeah it's huge love it love the dancing in the kitchen um oh my gosh your baby's so cute (laughs) okay well you both are it's just been such an honor and joy and um so fun to get to deepen with the two of you today and learn more about this beautiful relationship because so much of relationship happens behind closed doors and so that's part of why I'm so passionate about this podcast is because I love getting to hear these moments that we might not hear otherwise. Um, so I would love to, just because people might be excited about the two of you and your work in the world, if there's anything you want to share about your work um, for the listeners, uh, again, would love to hear anything. Sure. Thanks for, for the invitation to do that. Well, thank you, Maya, first of all. It's been so fun to do this with you. And uh, for those of you who'd like to know more about me, my my website is aliafrequency.com, so A-L-I-A frequency.com. And I I have been, as my bio said, an electronic music producer and DJ for the last 10 plus years. And, And then also for the last 18 years or so, I've been a coach and I've been working with 
with uh, high-performing women for for many many years, and that's my that's my, you know they're my two passions I should say, and what brings them together is my is my empowerment of the feminine, and that's what I'm interested in serving. And so yeah, if you'd like to go hear my music, you can find it on Spotify. Feminine Medicine is the name of the albums. And um, thanks again. Yeah, Beautiful. great. So, Thank um, you. Most of my work is really in the business world. And what I, what I do love is taking all of these principles from, from the kind of conscious relating and relationship focus world and bringing those principles into the business world. And I really think it's part of how we've been able to design a, an award-winning culture is by saying, look, you know, you don't leave your attachment style at the door when you walk into the office and you, you put on your manager hat. All of that shit flows through every style of leadership and management that you have as an entrepreneur, as a leader. And so I talk a lot about that. Um, you can check out my podcast with the best self management uh, podcast. Mm. So best mm. in self, best self podcast or best self management. Uh, you can go yep. to my web, my company's website is 15.5, that's 15five.com, where we're really talking about how do you create cultural transformation? How do you create feedback loops inside of companies so that you can create alignment and cohesion, clarity, and communication? Beautiful. Wonderful. So thank you both so much. Such a joy. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Rewire Your Attachment Style. This is Maya Diamond to receive your two free gifts to help you on your journey to lasting love and to start rewiring your attachment style today. Go to empowerlove.us forward slash love.